Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael Da Silva, and I am your host for episode 55. In this episode, we are going to be listening to Ryan Joyce, who is continuing his series on spiritual warfare. The title of his message is A Beautiful Walk, The Soldier's Shoes. This is part five. Today we will consider the third piece of armor, which is the soldier's shoes. Try saying that ten times as fast as you can. It's a real tongue twister. The soldier's shoes. Anyway, before we begin, let's take a moment to pray. Father, we are grateful for the accomplishments of your Son, and in particular, his work upon the cross. Thank you not only for the suffering and agony he experienced, but for the results that flow out to us. One of those results that we have experienced is peace. Your word tells us, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to live in the fullness of this reality today. We ask for your help and give thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. The footwear of the first century soldier was vital to victory on the battlefield. With the rugged terrain and the varied range of land conditions, good shoes were essential. The Apostle Paul says, And as for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, Ephesians 6.15. According to Albert Barnes, I quote, The sandals of the Roman soldier often were fitted with nails or armed with spikes to make the hold firm on the ground, end quote. You could hardly imagine a soldier clad in full armor with nothing on his feet. On the wet ground, his feet would slip, and on rocky terrain, his feet would be torn and bleeding. Bare feet would render him useless to fight, but with a good pair of well-fitting sandals, the soldier would be able to fight on the battlefield. Like the soldier, the believer needs the proper footwear when engaged in spiritual warfare. The Glorious Gospel The Apostle directly connects the footwear to the truth of the Gospel. The reason? It is the Gospel that gives us our perfect standing in Christ and the Gospel that enables us to walk or to live as God desires. The Gospel message convicted us when we were in our sins. Its message brought us to repentance and faith in Christ. It is, the, it is the gospel that changed us, supplying new purpose and direction in life. To the Thessalonians, Paul said, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5-7. The gospel had radically changed their lives as it has ours from the inside out. This glorious gospel, which originated from the heart of God, reveals his very nature. As Paul instructs Timothy, he says that it is in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God, 
with which I have been entrusted, 1 Timothy 1.11. This is the gospel of God's glory. It illuminates every aspect of his character, his holiness, his righteousness, his love, his grace, his mercy, his patience, along with every other attribute. So when we put on the shoes of the gospel, we are living in the fullness of what the gospel is, the glory of God. While we need to be reminded every morning to live in the gospel as we interact with the world, this putting on really took place at the start of our life in Christ and continues all the way through. No wonder Paul took up the Old Testament prophecy of Isaiah first spoken to a redeemed people returning to their millennial rest and applied it to every messenger of the cross and says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Romans 10:15. Walk in peace. Since the gospel is a revelation of God's character, when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, we are receiving the life-giving gospel in its fullness. This means that we not only speak the gospel, but we live the gospel. What is inside must flow out. This is why Peter says, But in your hearts, honor Christ as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3.15 The gospel should give good evidence in our lives that something amazing has happened on the inside. We have peace with God and we live in the enjoyment of sins forgiven. We have the peace of God and are able to enjoy communion with God. This should be witnessed by the world around us. It is often the main thing that draws others to the Savior. They watch us when we go through trials and they see how our God sustains us. They behold our behavior when we are hurting deeply and they discover that our God is full of comfort and powerful to heal. They, they listen to our conversation and notice the difference that comes from a tongue controlled by the Holy Spirit. The peace of God filling and flooding our lives is not only attractive, but can bring conviction because they lack it. The, the gospel is called the gospel of peace because it brings peace to our hearts. Peace that our sins are gone. Peace that all is well with us and God. Peace in, in difficult, trying circumstances and peace because we know heaven is our home. It may sound a little ironic, but we prepare for the fray of spiritual conflict and warfare by strapping onto our feet the fighting shoes of the gospel of peace. We move with the peace of God flooding our souls and giving our feet a sure foothold on the battlefield. As Jesus calmed the hearts of his disciples, may we take the words to ourselves personally. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John fourteen twenty-seven. Walk with courage. 
We have peace because our confidence is in God. As our confidence increases, so will our courage. We need courage to face the enemy in battle. The word used by Paul in Ephesians 6.15 to describe this, this is readiness. This doesn't mean that we have the Bible memorized from cover to cover or have well-crafted arguments for every possible question or have the best three-point sermons ever. No, it means being prepared in our hearts by the truth of the gospel and allowing this truth to stabilize our hearts. Through the Spirit's power, the truth of God within us will find outward expression in our words and actions. Weist Word Studies says, and I quote, The word preparation was used in classical Greek in the sense of establishment or firm foundation. Thus, the Christian soldier should see to it that his feet are equipped with the sandals which give him a firm footing, end quote. Our courage is based on the solid foundation of God's Word. The more we allow its truth to fill us, the greater our courage will be. It reveals the wondrous beauties of Christ, the absolute authority of Christ, the saving power of Christ, the momentous work of Christ, the everlasting kingdom of Christ, and the amazing results of Christ to the person who believes. I once heard a man say, and I quote, courage collides with a pressing need and inevitably changed lives. Courage doesn't remove fear, it takes the power out of it. Courage doesn't lessen the risk, it increases the resolve. End quote. As we step out into the world today, may we do so with the sandals of the gospel of peace tightly fastened about our feet. May we allow the gospel to work through us for personal development, for the blessing of others, and ultimately for the glory of God. Thank you for listening. The Lord is your peace.